Hello and welcome back to Agents of the World, episode two. I'm Glenn Wall. And I'm also Andrew Maxwell. And welcome to your connoisseur's guide to fucking Egypt. And this week we have uh, coming in at number one, Boris Johnson. Ooh, he's an Egypt, all right. Yes. He's an Egypt. We have Winnie the Pooh and Xi Jinping. Yes, only one of them's an Egypt. And uh, we're going to lead into uh, the BBC's uh, take on Gary Lineker's tweets. Well, they played Egypt at the time. And then, of course... Britain's leading police force, the Met, and policing in general. <laughs> You'd think we could do a whole episode on it. Yeah, would, wouldn't you? <laughs> so welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Egypt's the World. I suppose that, uh, we should tell the uh, the listeners at home uh, what we've been doing. Because, yeah, we've got five agents, but we've oh, got... everything. <laughs> yeah, well, Maxwell. <laughs> we, are, uh, we are in the heart of Shepherd's Bush in the hotel. We're on tour with Jim, and quite appropriately, we're in room 420. Yes, we're on tour with Jim Jeffries. <laughs> yes. And while on tour with Jim Jeffries, who doesn't drink alcohol anymore? No, he oh, does not. He does not, but... His, his fans give him things. Yes. But he doesn't take them. No. No, no. but somebody had to. Somebody pilfered through the bin and found... Nothing. Found nothing. That's the point. You see, this is where banter and international bureaucracy rub up against each other. Again. Right. The point being is that last weekend, Ireland won their fourth ever Grand Slam. In the rugby. I'm amazed you can remember that. I do remember that. I remember the minute that final try went over the line, I thought, I'm going to forget the next two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did a lot of living. You did not, not a lot of remembering, but a lot, a lot of living. A lot of sweating and shaking, too. Yeah. Tell you what. When you, you know, that's almost impossible to win a Grand Slam, it has to be said. It is, and and from your ingestions, and who we won't say exactly what you did and or didn't ingest, but in the middle of quite an impressive run, like both me and Jim, who who haven't ingested our own amounts, we were we were like, God, he's he's really going for that. He's he's winning his own Grand Slam in the middle of it all. We tried to give you a can of Guinness, and you put your foot down. <laughs> like, get it. Get it away from me. I will not drink a can of Guinness. No, it was an abomination. In the middle of everything else that was going on, Woody Hughes came back from the bar with a weird pint that had a flutering along the side and the most badly poured pint of Guinness. I thought, this, you know what I mean? We're talking Grand Slam champions here. We don't have to put up with your people's crap anymore. That's right. That's where the rebellion really started. In that very small, otherwise quite quiet bar in Sheffield. Yeah. It was an appalling point against us. No I, Irish champion would have drank it. No, he and can't. as a fan of champions, why should I? That's what I say. <laughs> you have to be careful, though. You know, we can all have fun. But like I said, there is the thing is when you're out on tour, then you like to go to other jurisdictions, don't you? Other countries. Yes. They can take a dim view for uh, light-hearted banter in podcasts. Thus turning yourself into international bureaucratic Egypt. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think anybody, um, you know, we, we've we've hidden it behind such such a wall of uh, coding, you know, from room four twenty. Who knows what you could have ingested? Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing but great times. 
and a champ and a grand slam. And a grand slam. I had a grand slam of a weekend. Excellent. But I had. Uh, I've had a couple of times where I've had to go for visas in other people's airport or other people's embassies, I should say, and they've brought up incidents and situations. Really? Yeah. I completely innocently invaded a, a high security American airbase once. Right. And. When I went to get my visa in the American Embassy after having invaded one of their air bases leading to an international diplomatic incident, oh, they were frosty. They were very frosty at the counter. They were like, did you enjoy the last time you were in America? I was like, yes, I did. Thank you very much. (laughs) They were just looking at their notes going. I've been banned from all American air bases. I led a dance invasion of Area 51. Oh. A, bu- a bunch of people who believed that the aliens, the global alien prisons in Area 51, which is just a massive American air base. Yeah. About two hours drive north of Vegas, out in the desert. And the people I was with really believed in aliens. Now, mm-hmm. loads of people when we were making this program, we met loads of, but we met actual NASA people who were like, do you believe there's life out there? And they're like, uh, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, we've already found it. Found little bugs. They call them bugs. Just ba- bacteria. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's definitely stuff. And they go, are you... And, they, and then the people I was with who really believed in it would, like, start shouting at them, where's the aliens? Show us... <laughs> right, so the only way to, you know, dis- disapprove a negative is to fuck around and have a dance invasion. So that's what I convinced them. There's no way we'd be able to contact the aliens. They're obviously kept in the alien prison in Area 51, but we can go to Area 51 and we can communicate with the aliens through the universal language of dance. (laughs) Which is what we did. We learned all these sort of, we choreographed sort of geometric dance routines. So, you know what I mean? Right. You know when you see in a movie, like there's the alien language on the inside of the cockpit? Yeah. We thought we'd make our bodies into the alien language. Right. I think it got out of hand and I led us onto the base. We should have stayed off the base. No. It was all there was was one of those, you know, you know, little, uh, what am I trying to, I'm saying, I'm miming here on radio, not even radio pod. You know what I'm doing? What I'm doing here? The um, A gate. Railway crossings. Yes. You know that? Yeah. That's what it looked like, the entrance to the base in the middle of nowhere. And nobody came. I thought we'd get off the bus, we'd do our fanning in around, do a bit of dancing. And then, um, Somebody tell us to fuck off. Yeah. Right? Just somebody in a uniform would tell us to fuck off and that looked great on camera. And that's Louis Theroux. <laughs> Let's go interview the pedophile in a prison. <laughs> no, nobody came. So I went, oh, all right, well, let's. I limboed underneath the barrier and then they all did. And then the soldiers came out and machine guns put us on the floor, took all our stuff. Diplomatic incident. Well, you'd interrupted the dance with the aliens. Well, actually, they, they were watching the Lakers play and having spaghetti, and they were really fucking angry. Genuinely, true. The aliens were? The, the alien keepers. Oh, right. That's you, right. The United yeah. States Air Force. Yeah, that would be a bigger story if uh, aliens had been caught doing that. If they were Lakers fans. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> Everybody knows the Rockets fans. <laughs> but the point being is, you just, you never know. You, in a moment of lighthearted repartee, like now, you can all be having fun and then you can accidentally say something that makes somebody who works in an embassy upset with you. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I uh, I got pulled over going into um, Indonesia, and they they just because I was on my own, and they swabbed my hands, and they were like, uh, "You've got everything. You've got drugs on your hands." And I was like, "No, I don't." But they just used that as an excuse to take me into the back room and um, really, really go at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, it was and like the that's when you take a double look at those signs like we can kill you if we want to like what what What? uh, yeah did they did they no no didn't because i realized i had worms i'd i'd forgotten about it but and he he like lubed his finger up like ready to do it and i smiled at him because i knew what was going to happen to him and he like he stopped he was like nobody's ever smiled smiled and he just, he just like with a lubed finger, just pointed to the door. Like, <laughs> Get out! <laughs> you disgust! Yeah. I might finger men for living yeah, all against day their long. will, with with the full force of the state behind my fingerings. But it's but not you. for fun. We're trying to we're trying to finger people with trumped up charges. We're not sitting here like some sex pest. Yeah. Now, yeah, go, go into Indonesia, you pervert, and stay away from, you know, from everything. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you'd think, yeah, you'd think that would be enough. Like, if they weren't going to, if they didn't want to finger me, why did they let me in the country? That's if right. I, you know, that's, that's, that's a question I have for you, Indonesia. If you're I, not going to finger a man, you don't let him into your population. That's right. That's how I feel about burglars. That's right. Right? You cross my threshold and I haven't invited you. It's, it's fingering time. Spider's got to fly. Pardon? It's <laughs> <laughs> right from uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, right. That's what uh, the guy says when... when It all happens in the yeah, basement. Yeah, yeah, he calls up his friend. Spider's got to fly. Oh, well, that was, a, that was a hard acting gig Vig Rames took that day. But when he read that script, yeah. he was straight on to his agent. I hope I hope he read the whole script. Like he didn't just read the first few pages. Like yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Been a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, why not? Huh? I don't need to read the rest of this. What? <laughs> Look, as long as Travolta doesn't do it, it's fine. <laughs> Travolta must be screwing when he read that script, just ripping it up. Why would not that scene? Uh, Quentin, I've been up all night doing some rewrites. Uh, just hear me out. You hear me out. We're going to get you to dance around in the diner instead. <laughs> Ving doesn't wrong. Doesn't want to get vinged by you. Yeah, Ving. Ving took a long look. He's not going to let you do it. Let's talk about the the Egypts of the world. Yes, yes, the the weekly Egypts, uh, and uh, the first one coming. Is it looks like this might be the last time he'll get on a a, a, a weekly news show, um, but Boris Johnson, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, former Prime Minister, former Mayor of London Boris Johnson, former Mayor. What about him? Uh, he has now. He it just came out just as we were uh, starting to record. He's now admitted in the parties that okay, look, I lied. But I didn't know I was lying when I lied. So it's not a lie. 
No, sir. Wow, it's, it's a, a double lie. Oh, wow. <laughs> like in a story about lying, he's managed to slip an extra lie in there. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of real. It's like compound lying. Well, yeah, like if you're a liar, and yeah. he is, he's I mean, yeah, every he's every job he's ever had. Or everything, he's just a liar. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. he's a big fat liar. Exactly. That's that's why it's okay to call liars fat because he's, it's not a stereotype. No, he's not a him. Big he's a fat he's, liar. I'm not saying that he's lied himself fat, or that he is. He lies so much because he is fat. But in his case, he's a big fat liar. It probably does have a little bit of like him looking in the mirror, going, "I look good." He's such a good liar. He's managed to convince himself, I'm svelte and this is a proper haircut for a prime minister. Mm -hmm. This whole toddler straight after a nap look is really... (laughs) Liar, heal thyself. I don't don't get it. I have, I've done over the years various sort of um, news panel shows and whatnot. Yeah. And they don't. I don't know why they get a comedian on. Like, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have an edgy opinion." But it was actually, it was weirdly, it ties into this weekend as well because obviously it was St Patrick's Day as well, wasn't it? it? Was. Remember that? It yeah. wasn't only a Grand Slam. It was Grand Slam weekend on St Patrick's Day again. Oh, all so many things that are adding up to explain my behaviour on the weekend. We're just happy you made it through. <laughs> I mean, we're watching it like 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 a stormy sea coming in. Going, oh, geez, we better keep a close eye on them. Well, unless somebody from the audience hands, oh, they did. Goals are on the field again. Yeah, it, we forgot to protect the garbage, and he went through it. <laughs> There's weirdly what there was. So what happened on the weekend? Oh, this is guys a proper solid gold agent. We'll come back to Johnson. I'll tell you what I'm going to say about Johnson said. But I was on, it's about five years ago, I was invited on a news politics-y kind of daytime chat thing. Everybody else is a journalist there. They're all journalists or politicos or something. And I'm on there and I'm sat with this guy, whose name eludes me, Brendan something's his name. But he's he's a sort of a far. Oh, I don't know what he is. I don't know. He's a contrarian. But he, I think uh, he's, yeah. he's Brexit. He's Brexity, and he's all contrarian. And he, oh, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, all the rest of it. He somehow starts to try and explain to me how Ireland's love of the EU is probably quite weak. All the rest of it, and I'm like, it's eighty five percent approval rate. And he goes, well. It's, and I went, well, of course, you know, because my family are Irish. And I'm like, oh, great, you know. Yes, of course, it can be conservative Irish. And to prove that he wasn't conservative and Irish, he described his family back in Ireland as peasant stock. <laughs> I can believe it. You know that, that thing of only we can say that word, yeah? That isn't, Irish people don't have that relationship with the phrase peasant. Right? <laughs> We're not like, when it's only Irish people in the room, we're not like, hey, what's up, my peasant? Like, we are not calling ourselves peasant. We have been super out of calling ourselves peasants for a couple of hundred years now. Well, I mean, you had the good, um, you, a lot of your peasants just died of starvation. That's right. You That's know. sort of well, why we kind of grew out of calling ourselves peasants. We died, in a, it literally died off as an expression. But in the middle, he's saying this, and I'm just sipping some water. I almost spit-taked. This is live TV. Like, it's an afternoon show. Yeah. I was like, he just got all his family peasants. 
to win an argument. And it's one of those ones, it's just routine, like every year somebody finds that clip again, sticks it up, and it all goes viral all over again. But, so, hooray to that Egypt. Like, and at the time, like, I had a horrific, do you remember my previous haircut? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I managed to mug this dude off while having... Have you ever seen my previous haircut? Let me describe it. it I look like I was... I had grown my own wig. You looked like a leprechaun dressed up like Donald Trump. Thank you. That, I think that's actually bang on. I, I think that's... You've just nailed it. That's it. And nevertheless, in that moment, with that fucking head, I was the second biggest agent at that table. This yeah. Guy. What's his name? Well, Brendan O'Neill's his name. Whatever. Like, I, I mean, you know, he's, he, he's a politico. He's, he's a talking Yeah, agent. but he's got like a really posh English accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and he that, to me, because I saw the clip too, I was like, can you imagine his family hating him anymore? <laughs> like watching him on the news. Oh, it's our Brendan on the news. Is he back oh, on is he the, oh, the, the one with the English accent. Oh, I remember him. Now, now that's okay. Now, what's he called us? Peasants. Okay. <laughs> well, we've slid all the way back down the social ladder again. Thanks for that, Brendan. All the way back to peasant. Right. I mean, it must have, like, if they oh, sent him oh, to school. To have an accent like that, like how hard did those peasants have to work? Yeah, they must have toiled. <laughs> oh, oh there's toiling. a lot of toiling getting to your kid an accent like that. They're not rural, just rural Western Ireland. You go, Brendan, you go. We'll scratch in the dirt for the potatoes. We'll fight for every scrap we can get so that you can sound like you hear us. Live on the television. Oh, brilliant. He's, you know, without me doing that, he pulled in thousands of new fans on Twitter. Like, yeah, I know. God I love know. him. Like, I, Now, that's what I'm talking about for this podcast. We're talking about solid gold Egypts. I mean, you'd, yeah. you'd literally put him on a plinth and stick him on a mantelpiece. That is... Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's close to statue status for him. Oh, yeah. It's, it's that, if, we, if we're going to... He's fermented it. Yeah, fermented himself. He's, what's the word? Cemented. Cemented himself. I fermented myself. He's yeah, like, that's yeah. what it is. He, he fermented himself and then you picked through the garbage and found him. <laughs> but one of the journalists that was also on the table, um, going back to Johnson, she, I remember her telling me, like, in that world of the Tory world, he is sexy. I know, really hard to get your head on if you're not in that world. But in the world of, you know, town and gown, Laura Ashley, you know, yeah. Jim Canna, world. Like, Johnson is hot. Like, that's the reason why he has innumerable number of children that he has to keep lying about. Nobody knows how many, you know... The high court couldn't even quite work out how many people he's sired. But he's sexy in that world. Now, I don't blame him for grabbing hold of every apple out of the basket he can. But, like, oh, God, there's some fucking Egypts. The women that fuck him, like, yeah. I mean, you're a fucking Egypt. Yeah, yeah, like, like, why do you think it's different? For, it's, like... a, it's not like uh, Murdoch's just getting married for the fifth time this week. Is it? Roop, oh, Roop is touching off a hundred and he's about to get married for the fifth time. But 
I don't consider any of the women that have ever married him fucking idiots. They're all marrying a billionaire. There's there's some logic there. But Johnson is broke. He's always broke. You're marrying a broke. Fuck, you're, you're, you're fucking fucked a broke man. <laughs> yeah, a broke liar. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how we're here. Like, the, you know, in this mess of... Uh, Rishi fucking Sunak nobody's elected or the previous fucking one oh yeah oh, everybody sh- forgets Liz Truss Liz Truss <laughs> queen of the agents yeah wow she almost bankrupted the country in a month <laughs> and she uh, killed the queen and she also definitely killed the queen <laughs> in essence I mean again it wasn't a huge surprise that a woman in her late 90s passed away but like she tipped her over. Yeah. yeah. Liz Trust, like, fucking what a solid gold DJ. Yeah. Liz, like, almost fucked an entire country in a month. I always think Liz Trust reminds me of the fucking Egypt neighbour that not only puts their bins out first, puts the wrong bin out first and brings the whole road down with them. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's recycling. And then we all do it. Because Liz fucking Trust put her bins out at five o'clock. What were you doing up at five, Liz? <laughs> so, but that's Johnson. I'm just saying. I think it's you know. Yeah. Well, and and I, uh, you know, I, I don't blame the women. You know, because like he could be, he could be the the rock star of that whole thing. But he's done the smart thing. He's 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 quite an ugly man. But he's found some uglier men to stand beside. <laughs> that's how. That's it. That's yeah. it. Well, that's the old adage of politics, isn't it? It's uh, show business for ugly people. That's right. They're some absolute howlers, man pigs. What I would say about having uh, been and lived in both this jurisdiction in the UK and in the Republic of Ireland, what I would say as a plus to British politics, to sound like, because as we, as we both know, Glenn, the Egypts of the world are everywhere. That's that's the name of the title. We're not saying one country is better than another. So, although England has absolutely aged itself fucking 100% up with the Brexit horse yet, but at least in a British election, the posters around the town are just the logo of the party and possibly the name of the candidate. That's not the... Have you ever been in Ireland during an election cycle? Wow. Every man pig has his face up on a fucking lamppost. Some of these men, and some of them are the most successful politicians, you are, you instantly slightly sick in your mouth. <laughs> some of the ugliest fuckers you've ever seen. Not to judge, because some people are beautiful on the inside, Glenn. Well, I had that in Canada. There was an election, and, and you, like you say, they don't put the pictures on the uh, on the, the the posters. But uh, I thought it was very smart of this woman. I think her name was Pixie Stamp. And I was just like, well, I... I, I think vote. I did too many of them on the weekend. Well, yeah, yeah. But I, I wanted to vote for her just to see what she looked like. <laughs> Come on. Pixie Stamp's going to be in charge. Yeah, sure. Why sure. Not? Where are we going to put her? Straight into law and order. <laughs> she sounds a hard ass. Yeah. <laughs> you found uh, some Egypt yourself. Oh, uh, now this is... Yeah, this is a belter. So, you know the way uh, patent runs out on things? Yes, I do. And copyright runs out on things? Yes, it does. And then it becomes public property, essentially. 
Yeah, that's why so much classical music is used to sell butter. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed it is. Um, also, I think people who like butter also like classical music. Hey, man. Depends what you're getting up to. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, last tango in Paris. That's what I'm talking about. I set you up for that one. I could have jumped on that all on my own. I know. I know. You're kind. You're a kind, sweet man. Um, so, the copyright... On Winnie the Pooh is run out. Oh dear, look, speaking about last tango in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> I was that? Yeah, that was the first thing I was going to ask. Copyright Winnie the Pooh runs out. Where, which does it go to first? Horror or porn? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, perhaps both. I, I think he will almost immediately end up in hentai. The Japanese will be all over that. They won't be able to help themselves. It'll be it'll be tentacle porn. It'll be the only time Eeyore's cracked a smile. <laughs> well, I guess he's he's you know it's he's just in a top, isn't he? He's just in a t-shirt. Like his ass is already hanging out. Yes, it is. And he's he's got all that honey. Oh God, they're not going to give him a dick, are they? <laughs> so what happened, right? So if A. A. Milne, who wrote the books, yes. his copyright, the family, the A. A. Milne copyright is gone. Uh, Disney still have their copyright on the Winnie the Pooh that you're probably imagining right now in your head. Right. The Disney Winnie the Pooh, I think they still have copyright for but not much longer, a couple more years. But Winnie the Pooh as a fictitious character is now open season. And what has happened? This is so good. There's a, a, a British, the minute he was public property, some British people have made a slasher horror movie <laughs> called Winnie the Pooh, dot, dot, blood and honey. <laughs> <laughs> now, what happens in it? I don't know. I'd imagine there's just an awful lot of, you know, well, blood and honey. Yeah, I'm just glad they didn't call it Pooh, blood and honey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole different movie. That's, you save that for the sequel, don't you? <laughs> Shoot all your guns to fall. Pooh, blood and honey. Look who's talking now. <laughs> anyway, this is this is the level of Egypt we're talking about here. So, the movie Winnie the Pooh dot dot blood and honey has been banned. <laughs> so great! It's been banned in Hong Kong. Oh my lord. You want to guess why? Why? <laughs> because all the democracy kids in Hong Kong would, would put up pictures of Winnie the Pooh with Xi Jinping's head on it. Every, all the democracy kids in Hong Kong think that the, the fucking dictator of China, Xi Jinping, looks like Winnie the Pooh. Well, which he does. They're not the only people who think that. They're, yeah, like He's the shape of Winnie the Pooh. You can't unsee it. You can't like once you see. I'm it. saying he doesn't have the face of Winnie the Pooh, but he's got the body of Winnie the Pooh, and he moves like Winnie the Pooh. I know. And poor little Putin. Who knew how short he'd got? Because he totally looked like Piglet in the last meeting between. Yeah, Xi yeah, the other day, yeah. <laughs> Either that or or the Beijing poo is is eating a lot more. <laughs> Maybe he's just eating Russia. 
<laughs> so he's just he's in Beijing. He's just got a giant table and he eats a, a lump of Siberia a day. He, he's grazing his way towards Moscow from the east. He did have the look of a guy with new borders in his briefcase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you'd like some uh, yeah. deadly weapons, would you? Well, look, I've, I've got a, I've got a new globe here. But why you need new globe? <laughs> Careful some honey. <laughs> Eat it straight from my hand. Yeah. <laughs> but he's uh, yeah, he's uh, Putin's not looking good. He's getting small and weird and twisted. Yeah. Yeah. Again. I mean I was you know, he's a bit of a prick anyway. I mean, don't get me wrong, like I don't Yeah. But they've banned they've banned Winnie the Pooh for the possible likeness. <laughs> Seems it, well, that's one of those things, like, you know it affects him, because it, it's true. <laughs> like, if it, if, it was just, if it was just calling him a clown or something, yeah, okay, well, but it's... Yeah, years ago, we had a, a panel show back home in Ireland, and we had T-Shock, the Prime Minister, as they're called I love in that name of a Prime... T-Shock. Like a wrestler. Yeah, it does that. T-Shock. T-Shock. <laughs> Just getting in the ring and he's got a couple of zzz, zzz. <laughs> I like the old school wrestlers. Making a big T with yeah. his arms. <laughs> yeah, that's Here part. comes the T-Shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lights flicker. That's his little thing. Like that's a, oh, T-Shock's coming. wonder what a special wrestling move would be. Putting the coalition together. That's what. Because it's, yeah, that's where you get. You get a lot of coalitions in Ireland. Is it? Yeah. But we got the then T-Shock. Who's that ugly fucker? His name eludes me right now, but it's probably for the best because he's got relatives. <laughs> ugly. Are they, are they peasants? I don't know, but they've only been long off peasantry. <laughs> but he's such an ugly fucker, right? I said it one time on the TV show. I went, this fucker is so ugly. You could beat him up, but you wouldn't know how well you were doing. <laughs> Seemed to be moving the lumps around his fucking head. <laughs> anyway, I said it like it was a pre-record show. So it's, there's no way I expected it to go out. Oh, no. Not only did it go out, we got a message back from the actual T-Shock's office. The actual government. Just going, listen, you can say what you want about the T-Shock, but don't mention his weight. <laughs> I don't think I did. Imagine the fact that he was so fucking Said he was ugly, ugly I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, you can lose weight, you can't lose ugly. No, no. You, even if you lose weight, ugly just amplifies. Sometimes it's better that you were fat and ugly. Because it, right. was, it was, at it least was you making looked, your face buffier. Yeah, at least you look jolly. <laughs> now you look worn and gaunt. Do you know I got famous for a few weeks in New Zealand doing one of those panel shows uh, just because I I didn't even know who it was when John Key was the Prime Minister of New Zealand because there's two three Prime Ministers back yeah yeah and I said John Key in Canada that's chained to a brick at a service station <laughs> you got the John Key yeah it's right here, right here. <laughs> and it made like the sting for the commercial so um it just, like, that joke was heard all over New Zealand for two weeks. Oh, 48 of them. People were, yeah, people were yelling out their car. Hey, John Key! 
that that's was, like, and I know he totally has heard that joke. Yeah, no, there's no <laughs> choice about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very small country. Uh, Mr. Key, we have a, uh, oh, we'll, we'll, oh, someone just a little on the, uh. Oh, it's been a bit of a, a <laughs> yeah, bit of a hullabaloo <laughs> on one of the biggest news shows. Somebody's uh, done a play on words with your name, John. <laughs> I don't even know this, but in North America, John's a toilet. And uh, they also use key, the same meaning that we use it. So this fella's come on the TV and he's called you a toilet key. Now, we've really tried to... <laughs> we've really tried to stop people laughing at it. <laughs> we've... We put little signs up everywhere. Please don't laugh at the Prime Minister's name. He's not a toilet. He's a man. (laughs) (laughs) But weirdly, the more we do it, the more people are laughing, John. Sorry, toilet. Sorry, John. We've proposed we have a national parade called John's Not Called the Toilet. Right? <laughs> God, it's going to be absolutely fabulous. The hacker's going to be slightly changed. Just to really get it around the world. <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> it's, not co- it's not funny. Everybody stop laughing at it. He's just a regular guy. It's not even slang here. <laughs> It's not called Dunny, Key. Okay? <laughs> I don't even call them Dunny in New Zealand. I don't know what they do. I don't know. I don't know what they do. Uh, they got great food, though. Lovely people. That's why we bring Maxwell. He's the accent guy. That's us. I knew. If I dared. Little, little snaky little accent. <laughs> We're like the A team. <laughs> he's, like, he's like Face Man. He can play any character. Yeah. As long as it sounds hungover, I can yeah. do any character. <laughs> oh. oh, New Zealand. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, Gary Lineker. Uh, of course, he wasn't in Egypt for what he did, but the uh, re- reaction from the BBC. Oh, um, man, they fucked the chicken on that one. Yeah, yeah. Fuck the chicken and then and then they all had a chicken sandwich. They, they yeah. fucked the chicken and then they ate the chicken. Yeah, well, people clapped along. Yeah, um, I'm so stupid. Well, I mean, and try and explain the unravel the Egypt situation here. Well, and and I want to make sure I get this right because I don't want to sound like I'm disagreeing with uh, what Gary Lineker said. I, or is right to say it, like, I, he, 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 he can totally believe that. I thought it was an imperfect simile where um, he was saying that, oh, you can't speak of the, you're, you're, you're speaking of the people on the boats uh, the same way that they were speaking in uh, Germany in the 30s. And I, I felt it was imperfect in that, like, there, there are people on those boats that shouldn't be there, and 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 I'm I'm 100 refugee, uh, as as you know, my father yes, was a was refugee. a refugee, yeah. Uh, but there are people on those boats that aren't refugees. Yeah, and it's it's. And I think so. To, to, for the outside looking in, Gary Linker, most famous footballer, one of the most famous soccer players in in English history, hosts the prime time. Uh, soccer show, football show, yeah. it's called Match of the Day, 
really fun fact. The French version of Match of the Day, which shows the highlights of the English Premiership, is called Match of Z-Day. Wow. That's pretty good. So they don't have to pay the copyright. <laughs> oh, it's a totally different. Totally. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're talking about a baguette. I'm talking about a croissant. <laughs> One is eaten before midday. The other is after midday. <laughs> entirely different product. But it, so he's a really famous footballer, uh, national treasure, da-da-da. Uh, he's a... He's quite active on Twitter. This government we have here in the UK is, you know, is, is on the way out. And they're pulling every lever to try and garner any kind of support. So they're going really hard on anti-immigration. Yeah. Anti-migrants. I live right down in Kent. I can see France from my house. That's where the boats land up. They land up literally along the coast where I live. So it's, yeah. it's all very much live. Nobody knows who they are. Oh, we know they're, you know, they're organized by Albanian gangsters, various other hood organizations, you know, various gangsters from the lowland countries are getting them in, right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody particularly wants this is how people come into the country. But nevertheless, Gary Lineker's thing was that they, they'd really start to ramp up how they were describing these mostly young men coming across in boats. Yeah. But you see, my thing was like... And he said they're using the language of the 1930s. Yeah, but and then it's, it's, explain it's, to people it's, what it's, it's an imperfect simile, and like there wasn't in in the thirties, there wasn't Albanians dressed up like Jews in Germany secretly running the media or whatever. Like you know, the the in the thirties, th- those Jewish people weren't doing anything wrong. They were just you know tailoring or or what have you, and it was just a bunch of. Germans that had lost a war going, oh, need somebody's so fault. To pick on, yes, boot, <laughs> you know, drops his dreidel. Uh, excuse me, what, what did I do? Everything. It's got to be somebody's fault. Yeah. It can't be the incompetence leadership of fucking Ludendorff. Yeah. God, you moron. <laughs> fucking Hindenburg lost a war and then they made him president. Really? Fucking idiots. Yeah, All that Junker saying. class that were in charge of the fucking army in the First World War, the people who lost the fucking First World War from the German side. I mean, once America came in, you know, you're talking about the level of material that the Americans could bring to bear meant that the Allies were going to win the war. But not only did the Allies win the war, the fucking German leadership lost the fucking war. Now, those sacks of shit couldn't fucking acknowledge the fact they'd lost the war because they were all fucking rich kids from the fucking Junker class of fucking Prussia yeah. used to having their asses kissed by fucking obsequious fucking idiots in the fucking sandy fucking soil of Brandenburg that's right right so and instead is, they decided is, to give they started to give fucking Jewish people shit the only people that made Germany interesting in the first place exactly and if Gary God Lineker Nazis if Gary Lineker would have tweeted that <laughs> it would have been alright in my eyes well it would have been a blog for one thing <laughs> but yeah so what happens, a long story short, he's, he goes, I think this government's gone too far. It's the language of the 1930s, vilifying and, you know, uh, people. He gets pulled. The fucking government manages to lean on the national broadcaster and gets him pulled. No, you're not like pulled a, a, a top journalist. Okay, like your primetime one, yeah. you know, newsreader, okay? Right, you could go, right, well, maybe that could be considered to be politically biased. He's a fucking footballer. Damn good one in this time. But like, it's not yeah. like, he wasn't then spending match of the day just going, yeah, well, uh, we'd like to show you the footage of Barnsley playing <laughs> Wigan. 
Not that either of them are in the Premiership. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why we can't show you that. We can't they're, show they're you that. They're not in the Premier they're League. Not in the so Premiership. That's that would be inappropriate. But instead, let me talk to you about Islam and how every you know what I mean? So yeah, like, so yeah. Like none of it. So they sacked him, and then all the other football retired footballers who used to play with him and that are also the host. They all walked off. Yeah. And they had nobody from Manchester. It's one of the highest rated, you know, still terrestrial TV shows that the BBC fucking has. Yeah. And oddly was higher rated when nobody was there. I think I think everybody was just like, what's going to happen? Are they going to take it over like pirates? Just swing in? Start presenting it their own way? But like just, like, you know, there used to be big strikes back in the day when big strikes with ambulance... The ambulance would go out and strike to get the army in to drive the ambulances. Yeah, so yeah. Was like hoping that's what was going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be army. Here we go. Match of the day. It's going to be a little bit briefer than usual. <laughs> we will all be speaking in the classic tones of British soldier or possible policeman who used to be a soldier. First game up, scintillating contest. Which <laughs> they walked away. They backed away. He was back within a week. Yeah, so good on him. Good stupid. on him. Yeah, fucking TV executives. Yeah, bunch of fucking fannies. So I think within that story, we can all agree that it was the BBC that uh, really rose to the um, Egypt challenge and said, "Yeah, bureaucracy yeah. rose to the challenge." Yeah, yeah. Just because you're in, you're in a suit and tie and at a desk and you've got a secretary and you've got a business card doesn't mean that you're safe from making a monumental fucking Egypt of yourself. That's right. That's, that's right. right. And that's, oh. I, I'm not surprised it came out of TV because at that upper level, there are just people that just stand around trying to change stuff to justify why they're standing around there. Oh, just, uh, yeah, no, uh, put everybody in purple shirts. Why? Yeah. Oh, well, just tell everybody that's my idea. I'm the purple shirt guy. I think this gardening program would be really spritzy and exciting if it was underwater. <laughs> the yeah. next five series of Gardener's Question Time are all going to happen sub-mariner level. Uh, now, Charles, do you need to go back to rehab? <laughs> is, is, <laughs> have you been calling that man again? Yes, I've been calling the man again. Why? Why? Well, of course I have. That's where I've got all my best ideas. They're going to bring back the black and white minstrel show. <laughs> Only white minstrels now. Yes, that's right. That won't be offensive. <laughs> the white minstrel show. <laughs> what even is that? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to see it prime time instead of match of the day. Yeah. You'll <laughs> see. Carrie and the dancing linickers. Here they come. Here come the dancing linickers. <laughs> what other regions do we have? You're, you're up. Oh. <laughs> sound very Canadian there. Oh, jeez. Oh. oh. Well, I got one here for you. I got a real humdinger. This one's straight out of the Horton's Mega Basket. <laughs> oh, no, you wait till you roll up the rim on this one. This is pretty, uh. This is this is straight. This is like one. Of, it's like a golden hockey puck, oh, straight out of Gretzky's magic collection. Hey. <laughs> Pull up a stump around this fire. 
It's the Met Police. Yes. The Metropolitan oh, Police. Oh, how could they uh, how could uh, they have avoided a podcast about idiots for this long? Wow. Episode two. <laughs> Episode two. <laughs> wow. So there's been a report that's come out. This is what happens in this country. Anytime anything goes massively wrong. Um the Iraq War. Hillsborough disaster. Bloody Sunday massacre. There's, a, there's, there's always they'll always have an inquiry into it. They'll have a report. Nothing yeah. ever, nothing ever happens. You know, everybody gets a full, fulsome public apology. Wonderful. How long did that take a PR to whip up? Some lord that uh, is the best at stifling yawns is brought out. Yes. <laughs> to sit on the board, Lord Bravenger. Yeah. I have yet to publicly yawn in over forty of these events. Oh well, he's the best. Get him. He's wonderful. Although, yeah, there was also the whole, you know, the tabloid spying on people. There was the Levinson report. It was all that. Yeah. So they've had one of these. So. The Met Police, again, for people who are not in the UK, are the biggest police force in the UK. Uh, I guess they're kind of like the NYPD. They're massive. They're huge. They're a huge police force. And they're also in charge of all the top-tier policing for the whole country. So they're they're both a regional police force and they're like the elite cops as well. Yeah. That makes sense. So it really matters. And it's also the largest police force. Over 100,000 cops, something like that. It's, It's massive because London's, what? Eight and a half million people. It's a big town. It's a big old town. Needs a whole lot of cops. <laughs> it's a big old town. Uh, it, it actually didn't need all the cops. Now, <laughs> now that we've looked into it. <laughs> Not all of them. Yeah. But there's been in quick succession. There's... Uh, two, um, I think scandal's too light. I mean, it's both of them have gone away. And hopefully they'll serve a very long time. Two armed cops. Totally different incidents. But both diplomatic protection officers. Yeah, we mean with weapons, by the way, not just with arms. Yes, yes. (laughs) Most most police officers here have arms. Most of them actually, (laughs) yes, have limbs. Um, But two different incidents. One cop kidnapped and murdered a woman. Yeah. It was an armed cop who turned out when he was caught, turned out all his colleagues referred to him privately as the rapist. Uh Aha. I mean... I, I mean... And it took it took them a while to catch him, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I mean... That's uh, that's poor police work. How much hunch do you need, boys? If, it, mean, if it was a novel, you'd stop reading it. If, like, Poirot turned to the hushed crowd and went, And the murderer was... Wayne's the rapist. Uh... Right. Wow. That's another 80 minutes in the cinema. What are we going to do? So it wasn't Lady Ida didn't do it from (laughs) Innocentville? That was not her. Wow, Agatha, you've got another bestseller on your hands. And then there was another one who was also weirdly another, because routinely British cops aren't armed, Uh, another armed cop turned out to be a massive serial rapist. And his nickname amongst his colleagues was Dave the Bastard. And again, nobody... Well, they jumped on that very early because it, it also like came across his nickname. And the, the, the Met actually released like a statement going, it wasn't, it wasn't because he was a rapist. It was because he was abnormally cruel. 
That's why they called him that. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, as long as he's not a rapist. Uh, oh. <laughs> just, a, just a strangely cruel man with a gun <laughs> yeah. roaming the streets with a badge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you're off the hook then. That's, are we just saying that being a rapist is standard cruel? Yeah. Like what's the abnormally fucking cruel? And he did turn out to be a rapist. Yeah, that, well, that's how he did it. He, he gave himself the wrong nickname and we couldn't catch him. Fuck. So this week, so this is all the inquiry, the sort of report, has turned out that the police are... are police are coming, if you can oh. hear that. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that, but that's the podcast police. They've managed to winnow down all the other units. Can't protect the weak or the vulnerable anymore from themselves. But like, yeah, like you gentlemen gonna keep this under an hour this week? Oh uh, yes, officer. Yes, yes, we will. Yes. Yeah. Got any good clips that can be used on socials? We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's so in the middle of all this. This is the big inquiry this week into the Met Police saying that it's institutionally racist, sexist, and homophobic, amongst every everything else. Another fucking case comes up. It's another guy got done this week. Another Met cop who had sent on WhatsApp groups to other cops who, thankfully, some of the other cops in the group went, hey, I'm a cop. This might be a crime. Hey, he'd been sending around pictures of a beheaded woman being violated. Videos of it. And his only excuse was, nah, a bit of banter, innit? <laughs> no. No, you're a psychopath. <laughs> Well, it's hard. Both of us, bo- both of us, weirdly, both of us have family in policing. We actually have, so we we both know it's not an easy job being at the old bill, and you know. But I mean, and everybody's a human being, and then there's grey areas, and sometimes bad guys get put away on dodgy evidence. But most people, deep down, don't fucking care, as long as the bad guy goes behind the door, right? Once the bad guy's behind the wall. Nobody really mind. I mean, that is corruption. It is corrupt to falsify evidence, change the dates on it, whatnot. But in the end of the day, if you put the bad bastard away, most people don't care. But that's not the environment that this is. No. That these three fucking wrongings. Yeah. I mean, that is, I mean, there's obviously, there's, you know, there's the blue code. We all stick together. I mean, to a certain extent, uh, there's no law of, that's just how policing's got to be. You've got to stick together. Yeah. But fuck me. Like, well, how did you not see this? None of these men were being subtle about it. No. Well, my dad told me a story from when he was in the police about, like, you know, just like old ways they used to deal with stuff. Like, and this had been in the 70s in Toronto. He was in the RCMP. And there was one. That's the Mounties. Yeah. To the outside world. There was one cop. It was a white, like, they'd be mostly white guys that back in the 70s uh, in the police. There was one cop who wouldn't stop doing an East Indian accent, like, as a joke, like, do the head wobbles. And South stuff. Asia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, you know, he'd get some laughs out of it, but he just, he just, you know, it was kind of his go-to thing. You know, he just, he just was always doing it. And my dad said, just, everybody got sick of it. 
but you know it was kind of like like back then you couldn't even tell somebody not to make a joke like that yeah, you yeah. know because it was like oh, oh, say whatever i want i don't see laugh. so they got another cop that did a really good east indian accent and they called him at his desk <laughs> and they were like, we understand that you have been making fun of our accent. Like, oh, no, 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 I have not. I, 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 well, I, I, well, that got back. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't let it happen again. <laughs> two offices away like that. We dealt with the racist voice by doing more of that's it. Right, that's the that's right. That's right. The 1970s way. But, I, I, you know, I, I can see how people would be. But you know, like this other cop, of course. Where did where did he uh, where, where did he master that? Where did accent? he learn that one? Uh, yeah. But I, I I always thought that was a, that was quite a nice way to. to that's, a, that's a neat way of doing. We're not yeah. we're not just bashing the cops. There's obviously good cops and it's a hard fucking job. Yeah, yeah. But what we are bashing is needless bureaucracy. That's what this episode, <laughs> the agent of this, has been: border enforcement, fucking national broadcasters, and policing. Yeah. So many agents. Fuck. Yeah, and and yeah, a special uh, special uh, salute, uh, special uh, police salute goes to the cops who couldn't catch Wayne the rapist and Dave the fucking Bastard. torturer or whatever Bastard. his name was. Yeah. Just you just couldn't see it coming. Yeah. Do they need like a do they need a like a special nicknames wing like like the like internal <laughs> affairs? <laughs> We're in here to look about nicknames. Uh, pedophile John is that an ironic nickname? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? I'm really I'm into really old people. That's why they call me that. <laughs> well, okay, John. We're gonna have to talk about that. But <laughs> well, I'll just have to pull you in for that one. <laughs> I had but on an upside right because obviously there you know there is good people in everywhere sorry I just I, I remembered one thing about the police I wanted to say because um, there was there was one other thing that happened and and don't don't google her if you're if you're not from England you don't need to know her name uh, the, a lady fell in the river uh, here and there was a big the internet sleuths uh, <laughs> came came along and tried to solve it and the police got nervous and because they were like no we're sure she's in the river and they were all like ah she's not in the river she was, t- was taken oh this the, the woman who passed away up north Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she some... fell in a river, uh, and the police couldn't cause... find her in a stretch of a, a mile long stretch of meandering country stream. Yeah, so yeah. they astonishing. Yeah, it became huge, huge news story here, and they uh, they decided to tell everybody. Look, there's a, there's other there's other things that might have been happening, but we're not going to tell you. And the and the the reporters like what what are you going to tell us? She well okay we'll tell you. Like <laughs> did that yeah. and they're like she, look she she had a she had a drink problem and they were like okay because she was worried she because she was going through the menopause. Uh-huh. It was like what? Like, why did the, you need to tell us why she was drinking? That's not that's also, not pertinent to any story. Also, like local herpes sufferer Margaret Thompson was kicked <laughs> down the stairs at the train station in an unprovoked attack. Police are baffled by the giggling. Yeah, yeah it was weird. It, none of it made any sense. No. Who gives a fuck why she's missing? Just find her, you fucking clowns. I know. No, I know. Like, yeah, it became TikTok investigators oh yes which are people that are so 
fucking annoying and stupid that they make 9-11 deniers go, oh, God, you guys are dumb. Flat earthers are getting up from the table. I gotta go, uh, Mike. I might go for a piss. When I come back, hopefully you've left. And I can see you leaving because the world's flat. It's so stupid. But yeah, the, yeah, in a press conference, that's right. The cops, up, the cops went, oh, well, we don't know where she is, but if, uh, this g- needless gossip about her, hopefully that helps her. Yeah. Be fat, like, yeah, did you look both ways and say it like the town gossip? I'll tell you why she was drinking. <laughs> she's missing. I'll tell you why she's missing. I don't know whether I, it'll help. I don't know it'll help her be found, but. Who wants the gossip? <laughs> yeah, making a little not. drinky, drinky sign. I don't know where she's gone, but woo-hoo. they have not in the last couple of months. British cops, it has to be said, have not read themselves in glory. But like I said, there is. Let me let me share a fun story about the cops to light the lobby. Okay, because obviously law enforcement is a difficult job. It is. It is, and we all know that there's fucking idiots in every situation. So, I. Uh, and we also know that I have probably almost too much of a, a passion for Irish rugby. Hence, well, hence, as we sit here on Tuesday in Shepherd's Bush, I'm, st- I'm still not right as rain. I'm not, I'm not still fully there. But it was a grand slam. An incredible occasion. You brought it with the John Key thing, so I'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was this, this time last year, it's called the, uh, the Autumn uh, Internationals. I think it explains everything. It's all paid for weirdly by Amazon Prime. Prime basically get all the rugby nations to play against each other in the autumn, so they can get they can trap a lot of middle aged dads on their f- fucking shopping app. Yeah, I mean it's a stroke of genius, and they pay you. You know what I mean? So it's great. My uh, uh, my dad passed away two years ago, and my mum has moved into assisted living. Yeah, the other side of the city. We're from the north side, but now my mum lives literally around the corner from the national stadium for football, soccer, and rugby. It's called the Aviva Stadium. Uh, Lansdowne Road's the real name. Lansdowne Road. But that's what I would have thought. Yeah. But yeah, but it's called the Aviva now. And I was You're not here. It's it, called Goddamn Lansdowne Stadium. Lansdowne. <laughs> not on this podcast. Not on this. We're calling you the Lansdowne. Rock and roll. The man from the road. <laughs> so my. Uh, my uh, my love for Ireland rugby is because of my dad. My dad um, would take me to see Ireland play from the age of 12. I saw I went to a rugby school, played rugby, didn't get big enough, didn't play rugby anymore. But I, but my dad, from the age of 12, took me to see Ireland play, right, at Lansdowne Road. So it was, uh, and um, my dad had Alzheimer's, and it, anyway, Fuck Alzheimer's. There's no point talking about that. But he was he was away with the fairies at the end. Yeah. Um, and Ireland were playing the All Blacks. Right? Okay. The New Zealand team. The legend. They're like the Brazil. They're like the greatest in the world of rugby. And Ireland had never beaten them in 100 years. And it was only in this uh, century that we started beating them. We beat them in, in America. And then we beat them again. And... I had a ticket to the game and I was going flying, me and my sister were flying in and out to, to sit by my dad's bed. And like I said, my dad had Alzheimer's so he, he'd already gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was there but he wasn't. And uh, and I had tickets to the Ireland All Blacks game. 
uh, my mate Jeff got me the tickets. But I chose to watch the game beside my of course. non-compass mentor's father. I knew I didn't know that it was long. They couldn't tell me in the in the uh, hospice how much longer he had. But I watched that game. And at the end of the game, Ireland won. And I shook him. <laughs> I thought I'd fucking dying anyway. You can shake and die, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I shook him awake. Don't touch him. Yeah, I shook him <laughs> awake. And I went, Dad, we did it. We beat the All Blacks in Lansdowne Road. We beat them in Lansdowne Road. And my dad's, he just came alive again just for a tiny fleeting second. And he, his eyes were alive. You know, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? With yeah, Alzheimer's, yeah. Their, their eyes are open, but they're not there, if that makes sense. His eyes were alive and he winked at me and he fell back in the pillow and he went into this incredibly deep snore. And, uh, and that was the last time I saw my life. I took my me, me mom and my sister to, to dinner the next day and I told them, I just can't. Both of my mom and my sister were palliative care nurses. So they were like, you, you've done a long shift for a civilian. Yeah. You know, among somebody who's, 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 who's dying. The next week, uh, Ireland were playing Argentina and my mate Jeff got me tickets for it. <laughs> so uh, again, the Irish police are like British police. They're routinely unarmed. Only special yeah. specialist units have guns. And I'm going along... I'm just outside the stadium and I was just, the stadium's totally different now. It's a totally different stadium, but I was still going in the entrance that me and my dad would go in. And uh, I had the ticket in hand. I just, as I got to the turnstiles, I was starting welling up. Sure. And there was two cops there, two guards as we called them in Ireland. It was a man and woman cop. Yeah. And uh, they recognised me because I'm quite well known in Ireland. Uh, there's more famous comedians, but I would I'd be reasonably well known. Yeah, sure. And they clapped me, and they were like, "All right, Andrew." And I went, "All right, how, how's it going?" They're going. And they could see there was a look on my face, and they were like, "You you all right?" I went, "Yeah, yeah." And I just poured what I just told you out to these two cops that didn't know me at all. I just went, "Yeah, yeah I just went." My dad was supreme. My dad just passed away last week. I had a ticket to the All Black, but I decided to spend it instead of my dad lying beside me. Tell you know, and he told him when I woke him up, and he winked at me and. And that's the reason why I love Irish rugby because what? I love my dad. And I'm well enough because I these two cops, right? The two cops had no idea how to deal with it. So the male cop just went, do you want to have a go in me hat? <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking great. So he just, he just, I went, yeah, like I was like a 10 year old boy. Like, and he put his hand on my head and I went, right, you drawing a picture with us? I went, yeah. And I, I, I'm talking, I've still got off my phone. I've got a picture of me and two guards. They went, yeah, oh, that'll cheer him up. Like a lost, lonely orphan boy. There you go. Here's you in a policeman's hat. Well, do you know, though, that is quite like it's more if it's, if it's the same in Canada, like you cannot go back to the station without your hat. Like you can't lose your hat. No, you off. can't lose your hat. No. Like the, and I, it's 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 based on like don't let anybody grab your fucking, fucking hat. hat. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You don't knock. You don't get your hat knocked off in a riot like that. Yeah, yeah. Stab me. Don't knock me hat off. Yeah, yeah. So what do I do if you lose it? You don't lose it. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. So there, well, that so was a wonderful story. Thank well, there's you. good and bad. In everyone. Oh yes. Yeah. I, this. I. Oh, I, just like. Oh, just like. All we're looking for is some uh, better bureaucratic oversight for what you're up to. Not yeah. too much about me going into other jurisdictions. Because I've only alluded to things, and I was only joking. 
<laughs> I'd like to see the BBC better run. I'd like to see the, the leading police force of the nation better run. Yeah, but it's not it's not unsolvable on, on in either thing. So that's yeah. right. That's so, the that's so, that's the main takeaway. That's and, our takeaways. Uh, thank you so much for that story about your dad, Andrew. That was wonderful. Um, oh, thank you, and, and thank you for the uh, the emotional intimacy that you bring to our relationship. That I felt confident and comfortable enough to share it, Glenn. Yeah. No, whatever that meant. <laughs> Grab my knee when you said it. <laughs> well, that's the Egypts of the world this week. Oh, what an episode. Thank you so much. I and and, uh, hope you enjoyed that at home. We enjoyed uh, doing it here. And we will be back next Wednesday in your feed with more Egypts of the World. This is a Pod People production. Pod People.